realized I was capable of a lot more than I thought I was, and I also felt what it what it was like to be free. Well, hello there, and welcome again to Better Stories. Uh, I'm a little bit quiet because I'm sitting in the middle of a courtyard of a hotel in Ethiopia. Um, we have a team here, and hopefully going to be doing a little bit of a recording about this trip uh, before too long, but uh, I did need to record the intro to the last podcast we did, and it's, it's appropriate because um, we interviewed two good friends of mine, uh, Katrina McGee and Nick Winschel, and these guys have set up an amazing uh, business and resource um, and really kind of redefined who they are in life uh, and, and what it means to pursue success Uh, You're going to get to hear all about it today on Better Stories. So from the middle of Ethiopia, um, a little bustling and noise are the the workers getting ready for breakfast, uh, birds chirping. It's it's just an amazing setting um, to introduce a podcast that talks all about redefining success, taking adventures, and uh, doing with our life something amazing uh, from two people who are, are seeing the world. So enjoy this. So we'll jump in. I'm with okay. Katrina and Nick, and it's Katrina McGee and Nick. I don't even have a clue. Is it Winds Chill? Is that right? Or am I? Yeah, Winds Chill. That's right. That's a correct way to pronounce your name. Awesome. So, why don't you guys just introduce yourselves to us? Um, and I always leave that question wide open. I'll let you kind of define who you are at this point. Wow, that's kind of heavy. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'll go first. So, okay. So I'm Katrina. And um, how would I define? So I am a fellow mountaineer, but currently living in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, I started life as a, ma- a math major and an actuary, and made a lot of twists and turns in my path through that. Um, learned a lot of things, a lot of things that I didn't like, and some things that I did. But now I'm kind of here as a life coach, and I'm also working part-time as a market researcher, so I still have one foot kind of in my corporate job, but um, yeah, I don't know, and I guess other than that, I would say I'm an avid traveler, and I love seeing new places and meeting new people. That's awesome. Now, before I let Nick talk, I've got to know, because people say they're math majors, and yes. and, and I don't even know actuary, like, what <laughs> is that a real thing? Like, what is that? Yes, it's real, Justin. Um, <laughs> An actuary is a sort of masochistic career choice where you study death rates on people dying and the probability of people living. You do things like pricing insurance um, and healthcare and things like that. I was a healthcare actuary, but you basically take exams every six months and they're scaled so that only like 25 to 30% of the people taking the exams will pass. And um, you have to study like, I think it's like a thousand hours or something. It's an insane amount. I don't know. It's like hundreds of hours for the six-month exam, and then, like, odds are that you won't pass it. So I don't know what I was thinking so when I agreed to that. Yeah, so you're smarter than I'm ever going to be. Okay, that's... Yeah, that's... absolutely. <laughs> that's what I want you to take away from that. And wasn't there, wasn't there a Ben Stiller movie? Didn't Wasn't he an actuary in a movie? Yes, yes. I forget the one. It was, like, where he was risk-averse, but, yes, he was an actuary. Okay, okay. So that's, that's the longest intro ever. My fault, but you're good. <laughs> Nick, tell me about yourself. 
All right, so I'm Nick. Um, I use about 10% as many words as Katrina, so <laughs> you're getting a lot briefer and shorter. Um, yeah, I'm just, I, I currently own a business. I take kids uh, to Peru and Kenya for athletic and community service stuff, and I'm basically just trying to make enough money so I don't have to work too much and I can do a lot of fun stuff. <laughs> that's really cool. And it makes way more sense to me, but that's okay. You're all good. <laughs> so, Nick, what is the name of your business? And tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, the business is called Strive Trips, um, and we do community service and athletic trips for high school kids, college kids, and now adults uh, as of about two years ago. Um, So we go to Peru and Kenya, and we basically kind of have two times a day where we train at high altitude, uh, and then we do some fun stuff like eat guinea pig or go on safari or see Machu Picchu. Um, And then we also do community service during the day, so about three to four hours maybe working with kids, uh, teaching English, or maybe building a sandbox or, or a classroom or, or teaching hand-washing techniques. Very cool. Very cool. So tell us, um, and, you know, both either of you guys, what brought you to where you are right now? Because you guys were, and even in how you've described it, two different stories, two different lives, but now you're together kind of launching this new thing. Tell me, tell me what brought you to where you are. Yeah, so I think for me, it was, like I said before, it was a lot of discovering what I don't like or sort of maybe pursuing a path in life that I thought I was supposed to want, like what success looked like, um, you know, kind of my ideas based on other people's thoughts about what success would be. And so for me, I felt like there was this like waning sense of freedom in my life and I wasn't, I didn't feel in control anymore. Um, I left my actuarial career to get an MBA and then I went back into corporate and sort of a more, even more corporate role. And I just really hated it. So I think, um, you know, for me, I took, um, a 20 month career break. Like I quit that job and I traveled around the world and I did a lot of things. And I think I realized I was capable of a lot more than I thought I was. And I also felt what it, what it was like to be free and to have that sense of freedom. So, um, I think I want to share that with people. And so for me, one way to do that is to be a life coach and to help people, whatever, you know, their own definition of success is to help them find that and to listen to that voice instead of maybe other voices that are in their head that came from somewhere else. And then, you know, with our travel business that we kind of do on the side, it's really about exposing people to, um, you know, new places and new people, like things outside of their comfort zone, but also just making it accessible for people so that they can go have this really great sort of, you know, mind-blowing experience um, in a completely different culture and a completely different land. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and Nick, how about you? Yeah, uh, I mean, my story, I think, is a little bit different than <laughs> Katrina's. Um, so I did graduate from college, and then I was working for about six months uh, at a juvenile detention center, actually. And I was working the 9 to 5, by 9 to 5, I mean 10.30 p.m. to 6.30 a.m. shift. <laughs> um, and I, it was after about six months of that, and I was kind of like, man, this really sucks. So a friend from college emailed me and said, hey, there, there's a teaching opportunity in Guatemala. Do you want to come? And that was in, like, November, and in January I was in Guatemala teaching. Uh, and then I just kind of never looked back from that. So I came back to the U.S. after teaching for a year. And again, I was kind of like, what am I doing here? This is, why would I do this when I could just go live somewhere else and work seven months a year and travel? So then I took off some more and taught abroad kind of all over the world for about eight or nine years. Um, 
then eventually started leading trips in the summer uh, for Strive before I owned it, um, and then was offered an opportunity to buy it. And I thought, man, this is even better because now I can get paid to travel to the places that I want to go, and you know I don't have to do a ton of work, and I get free plane tickets to places. So, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like I can tell already Katrina's rehearsed answers she studied and probably written paragraphs about answering these questions is that right Um, sentences Justin sentences not paragraphs thank you so but my question in this is you guys and I'm veering off the script so I'm gonna stress you out but um it sounds like both of your journeys both of your stories while they're different were kind of born out of some discontentment is that is that fair it was probably a really strong sense of discontentment. And I think for Nick, it was sort of... Whoa, wait, let me just cut in there. Let okay. me just speak for myself okay. here, Justin. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know that I was that discontent because, you know, I'd only been working for like five or six months. Um, it was just more of a realization that I didn't have to do, like, I didn't have to work 40 hours a week with 10 days of vacation. Like, there were other options and... and those options seemed more appealing to me at the time. And, and I think that like looking back, I think I would do it again. So. Okay. Okay. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. So is it, it go ahead, Katrina, what were you going to say? Oh, no, I was going to say, I feel like Nick, you know, Nick grew up in a kind of small town too. And so I feel like he's kind of, he studied abroad in college. So I feel like for him, he kind of has this sense of one, like wanderlust, like, like to go travel and see other places. And I feel like he was running, two things I was probably running more from things with that sense of just you know discontent versus Nick kind of chasing adventures and new experiences and stuff yeah yeah and I heard you say it was kind of redefining what success looked like yeah what what does that mean for you guys like what because I get it and and I think this podcast this this heart of better stories is people are all too often just kind of bored like they're basically doing the same things every day they're functioning with a construct of like the end goal is make a lot of money, kind of climb the ladder, build whatever you want. And, you know, th- those aren't bad things innately, um, but I'm hearing you say that, that we're missing, or you, at least for you, you were missing, like that wasn't success. So what did that look like for you? Yeah, so I actually had a life coach when I was in my corporate job and pretty miserable, and I spent a lot of months like working with her and doing a lot of like soul searching and sort of like homework activities to really figure out for me what success was. And I think that I had a lot of seeds that were planted from, you know, my parents worked really hard and my first job out of college going into corporate, I made more money than either one of them individually did after working for, you know, like 20 something years. So it was like, wow, like, you know, we always, we, we were, we were good, but you know, money was kind of a stressor and it's like, wow, I don't really have to worry about money. And like, I have this great job with great benefits, like that's success. And what I realized after working with my life coach and having sort of this really unhappy experience is that for me, success is like listening to that inner, like that inner voice and doing something that taps into what I'm innately good at and like what like fuels me, right? And I love people. I love talking. I love helping people. And so success for me in some form will be 
making enough money to like not have to worry. I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily striving to for the same type of salary and stuff that I was striving for before, but it's making enough money to not worry and having the freedom to be flexible in life and take time out and spend time with my mom and like, you know, spend time with my friends and not sort of like Nick alluded to earlier, have your 10 days of vacation. Um, but then also it's just doing things that I'm really good at, even if they sort of are weird or quirky or maybe not in the, in the, um, corporate construct, but just doing things I'm good at and like giving back to people in a way that's authentic to me. So I think for me that's success and it could change forms throughout my life, but I feel like that's probably always going to be what success looks like. That's cool. Uh, yeah, that's that's helpful, and I, and I think that's a powerful thing for people to hear. Nick, is that is that similar for you? I mean, do you echo that? Was it kind of a different process? Uh, I think at its base level, for me, like it's like I'm not super complicated, so like things I try to make things as simple as possible. Uh-huh. And for me, like success for me is just like happiness and experiences. So if I'm happy and like. You know, obviously that's really easy to say, but like, I don't need much. Like if I have a place to live and I have food and I have money to travel or to do the things that I want to do, that's, that's kind of all I need. Like I'm not striving to like make, you know, X amount of dollars. I'm not striving to have any of these things. Like I just kind of take life one day at a time. And like, honestly, that kind of was my life for nine years. Like I never knew what I was doing the next month for the most part, mm-hmm. you know, or like people would, I'd be coming home and in May and people would be like, well, what are you doing next? I'm like, I don't know. I haven't planned anything yet. Um, you know, so it's just kind of like, and, and I've had a, I've had, you know, a somewhat charmed life, honestly. So maybe that skews my perceptions as well, but like, I just think that things are going to work out and they always have for me. So I just kind of live my life at, at that pace and, and with that kind of attitude and it's, it's worked so far. Okay. Okay. So, the the latest kind of adventure you guys are living is starting this this travel business. How how can people get information? Where what what's the name? Where is it located on the web? Because I know people are going to ask me. Oh yeah, so um, <laughs> the name of our business is Attacked by an Atlas, um, and the name it's an interesting story. So we were living in Colorado. And we were, my mom was visiting, Nancy, my, lo- my lovely mother, was visiting, and she was in the back seat, and we had the windows down, because it was kind of a nice day, we were just driving around, and, you know, during my 20-month career break, um, Nick had come with me for three months to do a road trip through the U.S., and so we have this huge red atlas, like Rand McNally atlas, that has always sort of lived since then in the back um, of my car, kind of where the windshield is, and that, like, back like on top of the seats in the back and so with the windows down my mom was sitting in the back seat and like like it was really windy I guess and like a gust of wind like blew the atlas up and it like hit her in like the side of the head or something and she yelled in the car she was like oh my god I've just been attacked by your atlas <laughs> and then Nick was like I think we have our business name and so um so that's kind of how it happened and so now if you go on the web you can just do www.attackedbyanatlas.com and that's where you can find it okay that's hilarious yeah. so does your mom appreciate that I mean she inspired I know yeah I think she does Nancy, <laughs> Nancy's always down for a good story so she's she's up with the cause <laughs> so so what for you guys has been the most fun about this latest event adventure well, for me, I feel like we do this stuff for fun anyway, so it's like now we do it 
in a way where we're helping people and potentially making a little bit of money on the side, which is always fun for us. But it's also like maybe more people because typically I think we do it for like really, really close friends and family. But, you know, in advertising it and making a website, we've gotten, um, you know, a few people who are interested that are people that we're more casually friends with. So I think it's fun to like help people that maybe don't completely know our story or have, you know, like don't know exactly what we could do for them, but they're kind of interested. So I feel like, um, you know, that's kind of an interesting thing. It's like fun and new and we're just kind of, you know, something that we already nerded out about and spend free time sort of obsessing over anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Nick, what, how about what's been the most challenging? Uh, I mean, finding clients. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Problem in any business. I know. I think, I think every uh-huh. business that we've just talked about, you could just you could just go with that answer. Just wait till after this podcast is released. They're <laughs> they are going to hit you guys like crazy. Just hang on. <laughs> so my my other question is you that you guys have both been all over the world, and we'll talk in a little bit kind of about your favorite places, your least favorite places. But for now, you know, I know you guys have been all over, literally all over the world. So. How would you describe each other as travelers? You know, I watch I watch The Amazing Race, and and the conversation I have with my wife most often is, could we do this together? Like, is there <laughs> is there a chance that we could survive, that she wouldn't kill me, and I know that she would probably throw me overboard on something. But like, when you look at each other, Nick, how would you describe Katrina as a traveler? Katrina, how would you describe Nick? Sure, I mean we're about as opposite as you could get. Um, <laughs> She, so Katrina is, like, ideally at heart, she's a luxury traveler. She wants to, like, stay in a nice place. She wants to, like, ideally she wants to, like, you know, maybe wake up at 8 and then, like, maybe out of bed around 9.30 or 10, like, maybe sitting at the table or something, drinking a coffee at that time, and then kind of just watching people walk by and then, like, searching for two hours to find the best restaurant in town and then finding that restaurant and going and sitting there for a couple hours. <laughs> um... And, and, like, planning some activities, you know, like, maybe an afternoon activity of, like, one or two hours. Like, nothing too stressful, but, you know, maybe a, a walk or a, a museum or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So, Nick, yeah. So, <laughs> Nick is kind of the opposite. He is, well, first of all, he likes to be outdoors in nature, which I prefer to see nature from windows where it's safe <laughs> and bugs can't get me. But, but alas, that's not always my fate. But, yeah, he's, like way into like doing stuff and sometimes I'm like is that safe is that smart and he's like yeah no I'm doing it and he's just all about like moving at this quick pace so like Nick is like up at seven staring at me at seven fifteen. like what are we doing why are you still in bed I can't even understand what has happened in your life to make you think that this is a good idea to be staying in bed like we need to get up <laughs> go out we need to go do stuff let's go 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 and you know like as an example he was recently in Slovenia and he was like describing all the stuff he was so excited to do like go to this cave that had a castle inside of it and I was just like you know what that sounds really nice why don't you take some photos but climbing in a cave doesn't feel like a vacation to me so I'm (laughs) I'm going to the coffee shop (laughs) right yeah (laughs) And I can imagine that you have both, because of that, experienced different ways of traveling that have made it richer for each of you. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, 
and probably pushed you into uncomfortable spots as well. I mean, me especially. I don't know. Have I pushed you into uncomfortable spots, like driving with me? No, not really. I mean, since she, there's <laughs> yeah. nothing she can throw at me. <laughs> Which restaurant uh, will she pick today? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think maybe I make him financially uncomfortable when we travel sometimes. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I would say for sure he makes me uncomfortable sometimes. Okay. Um, the things that haven't happened to me when I'm traveling, Justin, is pretty small. Say that again. I'm sorry. The list of things that hasn't happened to me when I'm traveling is pretty small. Okay. Oh my gosh, Justin, he has this like blog post on our website where like he went hiking and like leeches or some crap were like eating his foot, and he has like pictures of like his foot in bloody socks. And I'm just like, at what point does this seem like something you want to complete? And or just like you know, but like that's him, and I'm just like, I don't need that. I don't need that in life. Yeah. Yeah. that I get it I understand that so that's that's way cool that he's pushing you to experience that and I think you should go where the leeches are Katrina that's just good I feel like you're being kind of biased right now and I don't like it (laughs) this is not I'm just going to tell you this is not an unbiased podcast (laughs) (laughs) but it is it is not fair and balanced I'm just saying (laughs) all right (laughs) so and and you guys already hit this a little bit but with with better stories, um, like I said, the the point of this is that we want to invite people to kind of rebel against the typical bored life. Um, you know, to create stories that are intentional, that are purposeful, that that really are going to bring purpose and meaning to them in different ways. And and I, I think you guys have said it well. Whatever that may be, we want to listen to that inner voice and and be aware of that. Um, so. You know, what does that mean? I, we've already talked about this, but what does that mean for you right now? Like, what are the next steps for you guys? Well, I think individually, for me, like my next big step is finding a way to reach more people um, and let them know what I do because I would love to have more life coaching clients. Like, I want to empower people to follow that voice, to find that voice, and to follow it. And, you know, I know it was a real... Um, uphill battle for me for a while and I just feel so inspired to like help other people through it and you know another thing that I focus on too is like controlling kind of budget and money mindset and like you know I paid off like $40,000 of student loans in 22 months and when I decided I was taking my career break um, I needed $38,000 and I only had like 1500 in my bank account so I worked really hard and saved all the money I needed and like 18 months, you know, and so I have, like, these experiences that I feel like will empower other people and help them, like, do things that are, like, make them happy, like, I just feel like the world we're living in right now, like, it is not a bad thing to have more people that feel alive and happy and, like, they're living an authentic life, I feel like when you start to live a life that isn't yours is when you sort of have a lot of fear and you let that fear kind of rule you, so for me, like, my, you know, what that looks like right now is just helping more people and like being able, you know, travel is great too. I feel like that's empowering in its own way. Um, but it's just helping people like be true to who they are and find their light, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So, um, how about you, Nick? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the biggest thing that I have going on right now is, is just kind of running Strive and, and growing that and figuring out what exactly that is, whether that is something that I can continually do or whether, you know, I need to move on and, and do something else. Um, so ideally, like, success would be would be growing that to a point where, you know, like I'm, I'm living slightly above the poverty line versus now. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Um, so I, I mean, I think I think that's 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 kind of it. And like as as far as like people doing stuff, I feel like the biggest thing that comes up when I talk to people is like, man, I wish I could do that. That's like what someone says to me every single day. And yeah. you know what the real answer is? You can. You can do it. You just have to. You just have to figure it out. There's a way to do it. You just have to do it. Or tomorrow, you know, tomorrow might be your last day here. So what are you waiting for? Essentially. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of the lesson that I want to give people. Yeah. So somebody comes to you guys, and I'm talking to a life coach and a guy who survives leeches, and they say, <laughs> and they say, and they say that. How do I? You you say, okay, just go do it, and and they say, how? What is that? What what's the answer? Well, for me, I think we maybe have different responses to that. But for me, I'm super into plans. And, like, I don't just snap my fingers and make stuff happen. But I really believe, like, to Nick's point, if you're not if you're not doing it, like, there's no sense in saying, oh, I wish I could, you know, like, you can. Maybe it's going to take you six months or a year to get there. I mean, I saved money for, like, 18 months to take 20 months off and travel around the world. But it's possible. And so I think if somebody came to me, I would be like, tell me what it is you want to do. Like you really need to know you have to be passionate about it. Like it has to really mean something to you. But once you have that and you know what that is, like we can make a plan or they can make a plan and it's baby steps. It's like steps every single day, not two steps forward. And then looking at it and going, Oh, that's still like 25 steps away. I'm just never going to make it. I think I'll just turn around, you know, like you have to, you have to keep putting one foot in front of the other and you will get there. Yeah. Yeah. Nick. Yeah, I mean, I, I mostly agree with that. So, I mean, that like you, I mean, you're not just gonna tell someone like go do it, and then they're like gonna run off the next day and, and buy a ticket and like jet off to Prague and, and get a teaching job and live there for the next six years. Like that's really unlikely for. Most people. <laughs> but my impression of you is that you, that's what you would do. That's probably what you would do. It is. <laughs> there's not there's not many out there. Which makes me think you and I would be good friends. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, and I think it's, I think what I'm hearing you guys say is what I try to communicate to organizations with leadership is talking about, you're changing culture, you're really changing, you know, you guys are, are, are kind of speaking of changing the way people see the world to say, stop, stop just dreaming and start actually moving towards something or moving away from something, whatever it is, move, move one way yeah. or the other. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, what, last couple questions for you guys. What, what are you learning along the way? What are you learning about yourself? What are you learning about each other? Well, I feel like I'm learning a lot about myself. Um, I'm learning that, like, I'm this interesting mix of, like, fearless and totally fearful. I think I do crazy things that many of my, especially corporate people, corporate friends would look at and go, that's insane. Like, taking a career break, that's crazy. Like, having a job for a year and then moving to a different state to start a new job. That's kind of crazy. Starting a life coaching business. That's kind of crazy. So I feel like in some ways I like keep demonstrating to myself that I'm totally willing to take courageous leaps, but, um, there's a whole lot of self doubt still left in there. Like, you know, I wrestle daily with like, will anyone like, will my business ever take off? Like, Will I ever be able to live the life that, like, I really want to live, which is not in the corporate zone because corporate's what I know and it's where, you know, currently, like, it's paying well and, like, sort of the self-doubt that I have to wrestle with and kind of coach myself through um, almost on a daily basis. So I feel like I'm learning that I'm really brave, but then as brave as I think I am, there's still a lot that I'm sort of afraid of. And I think um, my answer for sort of 
what we're learning together is, you know, Nick has been on his entrepreneurial journey longer than I have. And I mean, as much as it really, really pains me to admit it, he oftentimes sort of life coaches me through like starting a business or thinking about these things and even having patience with our travel business. But it's sort of like, you know, I'm just learning how much I think in my previous corporate job, I was the one with maybe the more applicable knowledge that was more widely applicable. And I think in our current position, like Nick has just as much, if not more knowledge that is useful. So I feel like I'm, you know, learning like all of the ways that he can help me or at least give me some perspective on things that he's been through that I really didn't realize he's been through. Hmm. That's great. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. How, how about you, Nick? What are you, what are you learning along the way? Um, gosh, I don't know. I suppose a lot of things, but, um, I mean, I, I think one thing that I've learned is that like when you've mentioned success or like the definition of success multiple times. And like, I think one thing that I've learned is that it doesn't really matter. Like if you think that you're successful, that's perfectly fine. Like there is no definition of success that fits every person. Um, and so, you know, like I obviously have friends who graduated the same year as me and now have their MBAs, like whatever, live in a $500,000 house, make $200,000 a year, have kids, whatever, and are, you know, successful in a sense of the word. But like, and, and you know, like some, t- some part of me is like, man, I, I kind of wish I had that money for a moment. And then I'm like, well, wait a second. If I had that money, I would have had to give up all the other things that I've already done. And I'm pretty happy with the things and the experiences that I've had. Um, you know, so, so for me, like, you could probably ask a lot of people and they might measure my success fairly low, <laughs> but I don't care because to me it's been successful and, and it's worked, um, uh, really well. And so, you know, like I, I like I, I've said a few times, I think in the podcast is I just kind of do what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't really care what other people think. Like I, I have people in my life who are really supportive of me and I, I think that is actually really important. You know, whether that, that is a partner, whether that is parents, whether that is children or, or whoever it is, it's, it makes things a lot easier if, if there's someone who's, who's just behind you, you know, like, like I'm sure that my parents like sometimes, are sitting or, you know, at the dinner table. I'm like, what, what happened to our son? Um, <laughs> what did we do wrong? But like, you know, when, when, when they've, they've always been behind me, they've never like said like, when like, what are you doing? Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Um, you know, so, so like, I think that's really important. And, and that's something that I've had that's, you know, throughout my life, you know, whether it is my parents or whether it's Katrina. So I, I think that's, that's really important. So you have to find that somewhere. You know whether that's a person or whether that's a community or whether that's a group of people. Yeah, those are those are powerful statements, and I, and I'm hearing you guys say a couple of things. One, that if you're not a little bit afraid, you're probably not going to create these better stories. You know, if if there isn't a, a risk or, or some sense of like self doubt, like you said, Katrina, and and then even Nick, I hear you echoing just the power of community, the power of people that are around us, kind of cheering us on, taking us authentically as we are. So yeah, th- those are. Those are powerful things. So I'm going to go completely off the list now and, and just, is that okay with these last few questions? Yeah, if I hit the hang up button. Okay. <laughs> we just lost, we just got disconnected. Just, a, just yeah. an accidental disconnection. These, these are kind of quick fire questions, okay? So okay. I'll just fire these last five off and you guys can answer first things that come to mind. So your favorite place that you've ever traveled to? Gosh, Justin. Okay, I know, no, I know. No, Asking no. world travelers these questions, this is like it's tying. It's I got two places that tie. Okay. But I think I think I'm gonna go with Vietnam. Um, 
It's absolutely, it's got so much going for it. It was absolutely magical. I almost didn't go. I was really afraid of how I would venture out uh, as a single female, especially like a Westerner. And it was so wonderful in so many ways. And the people were just insanely kind to me. And it was beautiful and affordable and many other things. So I would say Vietnam. What's the second place I got to ask? I'm going to give you two. Yeah. Um, for me, it would be Barcelona. I just, yeah. I love, I love Western Europe and I, I studied abroad for four years, uh, four months while I was getting my MBA and it was like super magical. Like I just, I love walking. Like Nick said, I'm kind of more of a laid back person and just to be in that beautiful city with all of like, she laid stuff. back in, in X when she's talking about exercise, like if we're just talking about like personalities, like I'm the laid back one, she's the uptight one. All right. Whatever. <laughs> to know that anyway yeah but i would say barcelona okay um yeah that's basically an impossible question justin so uh, (laughs) i'm just gonna go with my most recent memorable experience which is i actually just got back from slovenia and it's a fantastic country so it's it's a new country it's only been a country since 91 um and it's small and it's diverse and so it's really easy to get everywhere so they have like wine country if you're into wine they have beaches and coast if you're into that with like medieval cities they have castles they have caves they have mountains they have skiing they have climbing they have hiking they have whitewater rafting um and like everything's within like an hour or two uh and it's people are really friendly food is really good um it's still not a big travel destination uh so it's cheap for Europe, uh, and so that place is going to explode in the next 10 years. You heard it from me first. Slovenia, and if you want to get to Slovenia, attackedbyanatlas.com. There you go. <laughs> Let me follow it. Do you have a least favorite place? I do. Um, Egypt was my least favorite place. Okay. Yeah. It was just, you know what, I thought I was going to madly fall in love with it, and I think maybe my expectations were a little high. There were definitely some awesome, like, history book moments come to life, but I feel like as a woman there, um, that was probably the country I traveled to where I felt the most unsafe. Um, Just sort of, you know, like, it's definitely culturally acceptable there to sort of have people follow you around and try to, like, get you in their, their shop, but I was also, like, groped by one of the tourists police while I was at the Sphinx, which was like crazy. And, um, in general, I just feel like their attitudes at the time towards women were very progressive. So, um, for me, it was like a safety issue. I just didn't feel like, uh, I, I like felt super comfortable there and their, their food. I mean, I'm a total foodie, but I didn't, I wasn't lucky enough to find whatever it is that they make. That's amazing. So probably Egypt for me. Sure. Sure. I don't think I have a least favorite. I I, I, I knew had, that answer was coming. I knew that answer was coming. <laughs> but so you know, I there there's been experiences, you know, maybe that I've had in a in a country that that haven't been my the favorite thing that's ever happened to me. But I've never had overall like a bad experience traveling, like in you know over whether that's a week trip or whether that's living someplace for a year, um, or, or a month or whatever. Like I honestly haven't. Yeah, no, and I, I get that because it's so, I'm so similar in that I think the experience for me of travel, the, the great privilege of that is just being with other cultures. Even when I'm uncomfortable, it's it's the beauty of just being there and knowing it's, this is a great experience, this is great. So, yeah, how about, um, and, and this is going to be probably even harder, do you have a best meal, a best moment, a best food meal that you've ever had? I have a top. I 
give you one that pops to mind when you um, when you ask this. So I was in um, Provence in southern France in the town of Avignon for like two weeks, and it was fantastic. And the food in France is always like top of my list. Like that food is just mind-blowingly delicious. But I had this meal in this small little restaurant, and it was um, mashed sweet potatoes with sautéed, like, duck breast on top, and then it had this balsamic glaze with, like, strawberries on it. I think it may actually be, like, a formal dish, but I don't know the name of it, but it, like, blew my mind, and I went back the next day and had it all over again. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I necessarily have a favorite meal. I mean, usually I just eat, like, French bread and and crackers. (laughs) He's so cheap, Justin. He's so cheap. No, but, but food-wise, I, I would actually say, like, overall, it, Thailand for sure for me. Like, I lived in Thailand for a long time, and basically anything from Isan, which is the region that I lived in, was sticky rice, and then I'm, I'm good to go. Okay. That's helpful. So how about um, last couple questions? One would be maybe the most memorable, most special person or group of people that you've met on one of your trips. Oh, well, that's a good question. Okay, so we've traveled so much. This is super, super hard because I feel like that's part of the beauty of travel is that you meet, like I swear, it seems like every other every other country except for the U.S. is just so welcoming to foreigners, like in the way where they kind of want to engage with you, ask you about where you're from, or just, you know, help you if you look lost. But one particular moment that um, I had, so I've really had so many, I feel very fortunate, but one that jumps out at me is when I was on a bus from Dalat, uh, which is a mountain town in Vietnam, going to um, Saigon or Ho Chi Minh, and it was only, like, I'm assuming Vietnamese people, but definitely only Asian people. I was by far the only Westerner on there, and all of the bus stop announcements were in Vietnamese, and I had no idea, essentially, what was going on, if a stop was, like, a rest stop, a food stop, just a stop stop, and um, these people on the bus were kind of helping me, like, try to figure out, like, when I could get off the bus and when I couldn't, and then um, when it was the lunchtime stop, these two girls who were, like, 22 years old, Vietnamese, but spoke some English, like, asked me if I was traveling alone, and when I said yes, they said, do you want to eat lunch with us, and I was like, sure, And then when we sat down, they were like, do you want us to order for you? And I'm totally, you know, I love food. And so I was like, yeah, I would love that. So they, like, ordered, picked out what I should eat. And then we all had lunch together. And at the end of it, I mean, you know, they're making money in Vietnamese dong, which is, like, nothing compared to the dollar. And they paid for my lunch. And they wouldn't let me pay for my own lunch. And it was just like, wow, like, that was special and super kind. But then knowing, too, like, what that cost them, it just made it extra sort of poignant in a way. And so, um that's just, you know, one of many examples where I feel like people just really go out of their way to show you, like, kindness and sort of that humanity. So. No doubt. Global global hospitality is just amazing. <laughs> I mean, when it you're... Is. It really is. When you're invited into those moments, it's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Justin. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you haven't hung up on me yet. <laughs> it's, it's been hovering. To be honest, my finger has been hovering a little bit, but... Uh, so I, I, I would say mine is, is probably in Thailand. Um, and I, I worked in a town called Rayat, which is kind of in the poor rice area region of Thailand. And, and when I got there, it's a fairly small town. Um, there's not a lot of foreigners that live there. Uh, and the, the other teachers at school were kind of, I was probably, I don't know, 20, 
27, 28, something like that. And the other teachers were in their mid forties and a lot of them had kids. Um, so it wasn't a great fit for me (laughs) necessarily, uh, you know, kind of friend, friend wise or just, um, other people, people kind of my age and my pace. So, uh, one of the teachers at school is like a 50, 50 some year old woman. And she kind of just took me under her wing and, and, you know, essentially like over time kind of became like a second mother to me. Um, you know, so the, the first like three months that I, that I was in Rayette, um, she basically just dragged me along with her wherever she was going. Um, so I just like, I, all of a sudden I was coaching the basketball team and I was like, I was going home and the phone was ringing at six thirty. And she's like, where are you? We're even dinner right now. And so, like, I'm going to dinner and I'm sitting at a table with 10 other Thai people and they're all speaking in Thai. And, you know, I've been in country for seven days and I don't speak any Thai. Um, you know, and it was, it was just kind of like that, you know, day after day, night after night for, for three months. And, and I'm, I'm really happy that it happened that way because I didn't hang out with any foreigners and I only hung out with Thai people. And I, like, I still have a ton of relationships, um, and, and friends from, from that time. And and I learned the language as well, which, you know, like, had I just decided to kind of hang out with, with the other Westerners or the other foreigners, I probably wouldn't have have got there because I know tons of people in that town that had been there for five years and don't, don't speak any. And, you know, I had been there for three months and I was like navigating things and and having conversations and, and kind of just doing everything in time. So that's great. That's great. Um, very last question I have, what, uh, Give us give us the best travel secret you've either discovered or someone's kind of given to you. The best travel tip. Now, listen, people are going to judge your business based off of these tips that you give. <laughs> so what is the best thing you can have to offer to this, this audience of millions that's going to listen to this podcast about travel? Just a travel secret, travel tip. Okay, and just real quick, Justin, the, the questions that you that you saved were ones that you thought we didn't need to think about? Is that... That's... Yeah, that's that's what I thought. I. Maybe we should talk about this. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can do some life coaching. <laughs> That's true. Okay. All right. So we have a couple. Do you, I, I want to know what yours is because I don't want to repeat. So you go first. I have two in mind. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like the, the one I think now that I've, you know, relatively recently found is, is points, credit card points. Um, They're amazing. So just just play the game with the credit cards and get them to give you a bunch of free stuff. You can be strategic too. I mean, if you have if you know where you want to go, like being able to have somebody like tell you what to focus on or what cards or points to focus on. Like I flew to Vietnam in first class on Cathay Pacific, which is insanely nice for like 60,000 points or something. And it was like the time of my life I actually felt sad when the plane landed like 16 hours later. <laughs> okay. And yeah, you, you and then I guess no, go ahead. Okay. okay, so I guess mine would be, because um, I was going to talk about points. So my other one would be, oh, my gosh, like, airfare right now is just so insanely cheap. Like, as a blanket statement, it's not cheap everywhere, but there are so many good deals for people that live in the U.S. to go, you know, to um, sometimes to Asia a lot to, to Europe, like, all through Europe. And so I would say finding great fare alerts, so either newsletters or um, places you can just sign up, and have them send you alerts or emails when there are deals. Like the one that I'm obsessed with right now is Thrifty Traveler. Um, they're headquartered in Minneapolis, so a lot of their deals tend to be from Minneapolis. But um, we get so many great deals that we pass along to our friends, and it's so fun if you have even a little bit of flexibility. It's kind of amazing, um, 
you know, just, you can be like, oh my gosh, are we going to Japan? I mean, tickets are like $500. I think that means we have to go to Japan. So, um, that can open up a whole world of travel that a lot of people that are on a budget maybe wouldn't really know about. Okay. That's great. Those are, see, I'm, I'm sold. Like I'm ready. So. <laughs> All right, we'll contact you with an invoice. After I'm, this I'm not sure that Carrie, my wife, will go with Nick to wherever the leeches live, but I, I think we'll be okay. So. <laughs> Carrie can come hang out with me. We'll drink coffee and hang out. There you go. I mean, really, Justin, we should probably do two trips, right? I think so. I, I think that's great. We could just do our own amazing race and see who wins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, guys, is there anything else that you want people to know or that we should have asked you? You know, I feel like this was a really, Justin, it really, honestly, physically causes me pain to give you any type of compliment. <laughs> um, pretty, like, pretty contentious, contentious past. But, for years, um, yeah, for years. Been, yeah, no. <laughs> I think this has been a really great podcast, and you've asked some really great questions. I think if there's one thing I would want to, and it's not even that I feel like it was missed, but just what I would reiterate is like, you know, when it goes back to that idea of success, something that I I am learning and it is constantly being reinforced is that faith and courage are like requirements for true success. Like there will it will never completely unfold without moments where you have to like have faith in yourself or at least let go of fear and, and make peace with like whatever is waiting for you. Um, and so just in general, like I think it's amazing when people can kind of embrace that and, and when they realize what it is that they want, if it's not in alignment with what they currently have, just realizing like it might be a little bit painful, but at some point, like you have to believe, you know, in yourself and your capabilities and like, that's the only way forward sometimes. So I feel like that's a lesson I'm still learning, but it's really a pretty important one. I feel like that's great. Great to hear. Nick, anything else? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, <laughs> that's tough to follow. Day, so. 